girls, if we could have um, 817, please, um, up here. I, I, as we get into this this morning, I, I, I want to remind you that, that we've been talking about adoption for about, I don't know, four or five weeks thus far. And we'll, we'll f- kind of finish the, the learning concept today. And then next week, I'm going to take it all and kind of put it all together for you um, and, and, and try to help you to understand what I want to do over the next years of my life. Uh, for people, um, too many people, you take a, a concept like adoption and, and they know enough about adoption, biblical adoption to be dangerous to themselves and everybody they touch. And, but what we've got to learn to do is to learn concepts like adoption, what it means to be adopted by God, to be an adopted child of God. And too often it stops right there. And we've got a class on Wednesday night and Sunday morning. And you have to understand, I'm not just trying to change the culture of Riverview. I'm trying to change the culture of the church of Jesus Christ. The church of Jesus Christ is is we just kind of go, we sit, we're kind of nice, we throw a little offering in the thing, and that's it. I want you to understand, that doesn't even touch what Jesus Christ was about. Are you with me? Jesus Christ taught his disciples to walk like him. Then he, he, sent, he empowered them and sent them out two by two to go do the very things he was doing in the lives and minds and hearts of those that they go touch. Friends, the last thing Jesus said was, by my authority and power, Go make disciples. He does not. He didn't say, by my authority and power, go sit in church. I want you to hear that. The ethic of the day's church is, well, I go. So does the devil. The ethic of Jesus Christ is, get ready, prepare And go make disciples of all nations, starting in your home and starting in your neighborhood and starting at your job and starting at your school or wherever you might be. Friends, if you're not doing that, you're really missing the work of Jesus Christ. I want you to hear that. And everybody's like, well, you know, I don't want to put too much pressure on. I do. Well, they might leave. Okay. I'm not here for that. But I want you to understand. You want to grow spiritually? Start developing yourself in such a way that you're able to take some young Christian or hurting Christian or somebody that that God sends your way and you take them and they become your spiritual responsibility. You become their mentor. You pray over them. You teach them. You lead them. You guide them. And you help them to become a person that does that same thing. Are you with me? Now, I know that's scary. And I know that's hard. And I know that's not in our comfort zone. But I don't think it was in Peter, the fisherman's comfort zone either. Are you with me? So this is very, 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 very important. Moving on. I want you to understand. I don't know about y'all, but do any of y'all have really, really rich uncles or aunts or friends that are going to leave you a bunch of money? Anybody? 
Anybody? If you've got one, you're paying for lunch. All right? I, I, don't, I don't have any of that. You know, most of my uncles and aunts worked at Chrysler or DuPont or, or General Motors or HERS or something like that. And, I, and to be honest with you, they never became independently wealthy. Now, I keep praying to become independently wealthy, but I have a feeling if I became independently wealthy, I'd probably become independently stupid. So God hasn't done that for me, all right? But I want you to understand something. Romans 8, 17 says, when you become an adopted child of God, God gives you a trust fund That will never, ever, ever run dry. The question is not whether he set a trust fund or an inheritance or a bank account or gave you his credit card. The question is whether you as his child are willing to access that account and live like the royalty you were created to live like. What? I can't remember what I said. But seriously, it's there, guys. It's there. If you're a child of God, if you're born again, if you're in Christ, you have a great eternal bank account. And it's there in your name for you if you're willing as God's child to access it. It's like you went to college and he gave you a credit card. If your child goes to college, I'm sorry, don't give them a credit card. But God does. All right? And I want you to understand this morning that trust fund is there for you. And I want to pray first. That we truly begin to say, whoa, why do I have this pauper mentality? Why do I kind of live by this barely get by mentality? What's that noise? Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I heard something. I thought the building was falling down. Why? Why as the child, the prince of the almighty king of the universe, why do I have this, oh my goodness, how is this going to happen mentality? I want you to understand this morning, you have a great inheritance. And it's all there for you. Time to take out the credit card and access the account. Amen. Father, this morning... Help us to look at our lives. Help us to see whether we're living this way. Help us to truly ask ourselves, are we living by the resources of God? Or are we just kind of talking about it, living by our own resources? And therefore, we're often frustrated and depressed because things just seem hopeless. So, Father, I pray that you would... Through your Holy Spirit, help us to go from pauper to king today. In your name we pray.
Amen. Now, if we are children, God's children, go ahead and smile, then we are heirs. This life sometimes is stinky. Anybody ever had stinky in this life? You know, just, just stinky. This stinks. You ever say that? This stinks. Or worse. It, uh, you, you, you just. <sighs> but kids, no matter what happens in this world, when we come into Christ and into his kingdom, we have an inheritance that is beyond anything we could ever imagine. If you're a child of God, you're an heir. You're an heir of God. We're going to hit that a little bit. Think about this one. You are a co-heir with Jesus Christ himself. The coolest part about my inheritance, it doesn't fluctuate with Wall Street. (laughs) Right now, we're all feeling good about Wall Street. That could go kerplunk any time. Okay? Oh, you're getting political. No, I'm getting real. Okay? If we're looking at this world. Co-heirs with Jesus Christ, if indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. I want you to understand something. God created everything that is. Everything. If it is, he created it. He has access and to everything that you could ever imagine. He has access to. He has the ability. And here's the coolest part. If our bank account begins to drain, he can fill it back up. (coughs) He just says it, and it's filled. We have an inheritance. We have a humongous bank account. We have a, a trust fund beyond anything that anybody could ever imagine. Now, too often people are like, well, yeah, I'm looking forward to heaven. I'm sorry. I got this queer notion. That is the proper use of the term. Okay. I've got this queer notion. That once I become a child of God. I become his son or daughter. My case, son. I enter his kingdom. I just got this weird notion. I don't have to wait to heaven to start spending his dad's money. Do you hear what I'm saying? Don't wait to heaven to to start cashing in on his credit card. Cash in now, man. 
You see, I honestly believe, and you can ask Verna, when people come to me and need something, I just, we just do it. I don't need to pray about that. Yes. God has an infinite, infinite, infinite cash flow. And as long as I'm doing his work and his will in his love for his glory, I just have this weird understanding of things. God Almighty can and will supply. Lisa stole my thunder. Between her and pastor, I thought I was going to get up and say, I'm the preacher here. I get paid the big bucks to do that, not you. Right? They were doing a good job, weren't they? I know who can take my place. No. What was I talking about? I want you to hear this. There's an infinite flow. And if you're willing to step up and step into his glory and step out into what we call faith, you step into that infinite cash flow. God never runs short. We do when we take over and we start defining what ought to be and what is. Are you with me there? I think this is so important. I also want you to understand that his and our inheritance is not just about cash. I want you to understand something. There's this thing called love. I want you to get this. In this inheritance, God has always loved you. He loves you now. And he always will Even if nobody else does. And honestly, I love y'all. And I'm glad most of you love me. But what really counts is he does. He has an infinite flow of healing. Lisa and I, we read through the Bible each year. Thought I'd impress you with that. And, and our thing this morning was, you know, a blind dude comes up. Bada boom, bada bing. Healed him. Been blind since birth. You know? There's nothing he can't heal, kids. There's nothing he can't heal. But pastor, you don't understand my situation. Doesn't matter whether I understand your situation. He experienced more on the cross, more heartache and pain than we ever will. And now by what he went through, you and I can be healed. Are you with me? You and I can be healed. Are you with me? You and I can be healed. It's time to quit listening to the almighty pauper, Satan, and start to look toward God and say, you know what? I don't care what you say. I don't even care what my doctor says. The bottom line is, if God decides to heal me, he can heal me. And if he doesn't decide to heal me, it's okay. His grace is sufficient. 
Either way, I'm good. Is anybody with me? Do you understand this? I want you to understand. There is no insufficiency. You're never going to get a letter from the bank for insufficient funds when you're cashing in on his account. Nothing. I want you to hear this. You're not just, now this, I want you to get this. You're not a, 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 an heir of the church. <laughs> you as a child of God are an heir of almighty God. Do you think that way? Not here. Anybody can do it here because you got to say yes to me. I'll ask you to pray at the end of the service. But when you go out here and you run into those winds and that pushback and those struggles and that temptation and that heartache, do you live that way? Well, that's what I want you to do after this day is I want you to leave this place And as soon as you get outside, you know what's going to happen. There's going to be some thought come to your mind saying, insufficient. Can't. You're going to start, you know, automatically go do what you always do. Oh, my. And I want you to stop yourself and go, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm an heir. I'm a son. I'm a prince of all Mighty God in whom there is absolutely nothing impossible. Why not? Why not? The next part is it says we're co-heirs with Jesus Christ. And I thought about this. I said, can you imagine the celebration? And Jesus stepping into his great inheritance. After he suffered the way he did on the cross. And then rose again. Now think about that. He goes to heaven. Could you imagine how they poured out stuff on him? Huh? Could you imagine the great celebration? Could you imagine how that felt when the prince of the universe, Jesus Christ himself, walked through the gates? And it was just like, you could just kind of go, wow. Well, that's how I want you to live. When you wake up in the morning, instead of turning on the news, if you turn on Fox News, Obama was awful, if you turn on... MSNBC or CNN, but Trump's bad. Instead of doing that, open the book. Open the book. And the book is going to tell you. God's got everything in hand. God's got anything and everything you will ever need. Well, three of you believe it. It's wonderful. I want you to hear this. You are an heir with or a co-heir with Jesus Christ himself. So, so, Pastor, are you telling me I should feel good about this life? Yeah. Yeah. Use God's credit card. 
He's got a humongous tab. I think it's time for some of us to start using it. Amen? Amen? Very, very, very important. You're an heir with Jesus Christ himself. And my question this morning, though, is, are you willing to hear what this says? Not what I say, but what this says. And leave this place this morning and quit living by your own resources and your own cash flow and your own emotional flow and your own love and start living by His. Now, there's a word in this verse that I just hate, don't you? Anybody know what that word is? If. I think we just need to go in the Bible and take out all the ifs. Is there, a, is there a second? Because I don't like if. See, I, don't, I, I want just whoop, bada boom, bada bing, I'm in. But all over the Bible, there's this if thing. You know, and I'm going to be honest. When I first read this if, I'm just like, oh no, I like the first part of the verse, but I want, I, I'm going to wait out the second. Do you ever feel like doing that? You know, I'm going I'm to wait out that second. If. If I thought you loved me, he does. If I thought this was a consistent flow of grace, it is. If, why'd you have to throw an if in? Because the if leads us to where it's really at and where it really counts. Okay? If indeed. We share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. I thought about this if thing. And I, you know, when you first, oh man, why can't you just stop at the first part? Why you got to throw that if thing in? You know, and why you got to throw that suffering thing in? I like the glory part. I like the credit card part. I like the inheritance part. I, I love all that kind of, I love the idea of a trust fund because in my family, we ain't got none. But you see, that's not really where it counts. Because let me help you with something. In this world, you're gonna have problems. John chapter 16, verse 33 says that. In this world, you're going to have pain. Amen? Anybody not have any? In this world, you're going to have tragedy. I hate to tell you this, but somewhere down the road, you're going to have tragedy and heartache. Amen? Anybody anybody crazy enough to believe that's never going to happen to them? You know... Here's the cool part. If I'm suffering with him, he must be suffering with me. Isn't that wonderful? Anybody getting it? Anybody awake? See, If we don't try to act like there's no problems and we don't try to act like those scars aren't there, 
And we don't try to act like that temptation and those trials aren't there. And we embrace whatever he allows in our lives with him. He's also there to be with us right in the middle of that suffering, whatever it may be. See, too often, I have this bad tendency. I don't know about you. I have this bad tendency when problems come, I take over. Anybody else ever struggle with that? You know, well, God, you're a little slow. And you may not understand my situation. So, God, I'm just going to take over this. I'm going to deal with this myself. Anybody else ever done that? Huh? The rest of you are lying. But what Jesus is saying is, listen, let's not leave this inheritance out here away from the suffering. Let's bring that inheritance, that power, that glory, that wisdom, that joy right to the center of our suffering. And instead of suffering in isolation and loneliness and heartache and no peace, how about if we bring the one we're co-heir with into the very center of our suffering? And we'll suffer with him and he'll suffer with us. Amen? Let me tell you something, kids. He will never, ever, ever leave us. And he will never, ever, ever forsake us. He never will. And last but not least, it's almost time for lunch. We got to keep our eye on the ball. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2 says, For the joy set before Jesus Christ. He was able to suffer all the suffering that he suffered on the cross. Amen? See, too often what happens is, instead of keeping our eye on that joy, Instead of keeping our eye on the fact that no matter what happens in this world, I've got heaven for eternity. And the older I get, I know the quicker I'm going to get there. I mean, I think of this. I mean, it's, 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 it's the first of March. Where'd January and February go? And they say when you, as you get older, time gets faster. Could you imagine being Pastor Jay? But we've got to keep our eye on the ball, even in the midst of the tragedy, even in the midst of the heartache. We've got to keep our eye on the joy set before us so that we can endure and even grow in Whatever heartache and tragedy 
God allows in our lives. One of my gifts is to work with people that are dying. I, I, I'm just different. Uh, some people are like, oh, I can't stand that. I can't, you know, I don't know what to do. I, I just kind of love it. I just kind of revel in it. And I remember this guy in our church, in, well, he wasn't in our church in Jersey. His, his wife and daughter were in our church in Jersey. And, and, um, and he never wanted anything to do with God or the church until he got the diagnosis. That tends to open up our spiritual eyes real quick, doesn't it? And I'll never forget the first time I went over there and I introduced him to Jesus Christ and he entered into the kingdom. I, 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 I'll never forget. The one thing I'll never forget is the heartache of knowing. He was always saying, I wish I'd have done this earlier. You know, I, I, I. and then because of some of the meds and the sickness, he couldn't get to church and. I wish I could come to church. He did get to go to church a couple times, and I couldn't sit the man down because he always wanted to tell everybody about Jesus, and it was pretty cool, you know. That's okay. I'm kidding. But because of his situation and the latitude and the seriousness of what he was going through, he never lost sight of the joy set before him. And man, there were times I'd go over there and, and, and he was in pain. And you know that thing where they put the, the, the morphine under your tongue? I mean, that's how much pain he was in. And then we went through a thing where his, his grandson was stealing his um, Oxycontin and all, these, and all this stuff. It didn't matter. He never lost sight of the joy Set before him. He just always knew from that moment on. I got an inheritance. That I don't deserve. But it's mine anyway. Because Jesus loves me. (laughs) Maybe this morning you've taken your eye off the goal. Maybe this morning you kind of lost sight of the joy. You ever been there? I've done it. Maybe this morning in the midst of all the stuff of this world, You're just not sure what to say or how to go on. I want you to know something. You got an inheritance. Jesus will never pull your inheritance. You can choose not to access it, but Jesus will never pull your inheritance. It's always there. It's powerful. It's anything and everything you will ever, ever, ever need. 
It's always sufficient. Somebody say amen. Amen. (laughs) And even when you are dealing with or going through the most tragic or painful of heartache, whatever it may look like or whatever it may be in your life, you can tap into your inheritance. No matter what happens to you in this world, you've got a joy set before you. Some old folks call it glory. Huh? You old ones? Any old ones? Huh? That's what the old time preachers used to say. Don't take your eye off that joy. That focus. Because once you step out of this craziness into the eternal glory of God, Oh, baby. Oh, baby. Amen? And somehow, that makes this craziness doable, sufferable, because my heavenly Father is right there. 